0: On today's episode of the podcast, I talk about all things winter. I share my absolute favorite tips for how to navigate the darker and colder months. I share a few rituals that I do and ways to really connect with nature and to embrace the magic of the winter season. It's a really cold and beautiful, magical episode. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean vegan skin and body care at Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Let's dive in. Okay, my friends. Hello. Welcome back to the show. It's time for a brand new episode of From the Heart with Rachel Brayton. I am sitting here in the corner of my bedroom right now, looking out at the world's most beautiful landscape. I just came inside from a walk. I uh, take a couple of walks with Little Bear in the stroller every day. And we are just in the peak of the most beautiful winter landscape right now where I am here in Sweden. It's so beautiful. I was going on this walk and I just couldn't stop marveling at the magic of the winter time. We're having that kind of day. It's like, I don't know, It used to feel like a rare day, but we've had so many of these days consecutively now. Now I just feel really blessed to live in this part of the world at this time. But we're having one of those days again, where everything is just kind of covered in a rosy glow. You know, that kind of golden hour that happens right before sunset when the whole air almost takes on this golden hue. I think it's, you you can see it. I used to just experience that a lot in Aruba and living in Costa Rica, like in tropical places where the whole air just takes on this like sunset vibe. In the wintertime here in Sweden, we have that, but at really strange times. And it's more of a, it's a colder glow than that deep orange. It's more of like a light pink, almost purple hue in a way. And because the days are so short right now and sunrise and sunset is is at such different times, it feels like it happens all day in the middle of the day. So right now it's 1130 a.m., it's um yeah it's almost lunchtime but we're I'm looking out and it's just everything is pink it's golden hour but in the middle of the day and it's freezing cold it was minus 20 when we woke up this morning right now it's minus 17 celsius that's about 1 degree or 0 degrees fahrenheit it's just it's just magical and something's happened i don't know <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm like having a hard time speaking because I'm so taken aback by this beauty. This thing that happens when every individual branch of a tree and even every individual pine needle of like a of a pine tree or spruce needle on a spruce tree gets covered with this thick layer of shimmering, glittering frost. It's so magical. It's so beautiful and it's so freezing cold and amazing and I just I feel really inspired to talk about winter today and I feel really inspired to answer some questions that I get all the time on social media about what is it like living this far north what is it like having a winter that is this long how do we not only deal with winter I get that question a lot like how do you deal with the darkness and the cold and the winter time but how can we actually step into a place where we embrace and love And really appreciate this season for what it is. I I love winter. I really love the wintertime. And it's so funny. I lived, you know, a decade and a half in the Caribbean and in the tropics. And I used to really have this ingrained idea that everything that wasn't peak summertime in Sweden was just awful. But it was so gray and so dark. And I really couldn't deal, especially the darkness, I really couldn't deal with it. And everything was just, oh, you know, from September through April was just terrible. <laughs> and then we had a couple of nice months in the summer where it's like really nice and the sun is up all night and it's really special. But everything else is just blah. You know, I I, I really thought I would never live in Sweden again. And I never in a million years could imagine not only dealing with the winter and the long, cold, dark months, but actually appreciating them. And obviously this is not like a constant. It's not every single day of every week of every month of the year. I'm like, yay, everything is awesome. Of course, there's going to be weeks that feel more challenging and months that feel more difficult. I had a harder time in November this year, you know, before it gets cold enough to actually freeze when things are are still kind of slushy and rainy, but you know, we don't get any blue skies, no sun. I think November, there was like five hours of sunlight all month. (laughs) November. Yeah, that's trickier. But there's also something so sacred and special about that transition from fall to winter, actually witnessing nature do her thing and watching how she changes every day. I really no, I have a newfound appreciation for that, even in the hardest weeks. And now it's just the beginning of December, but we've had already two weeks of just freezing temperatures and lots of snow. And snow that just keeps falling and snow that's here to stay. And just winter overall, I really love it. I really, really do. And I wanted to share with you today just... Yeah, just a couple of things that I do in my day to day that I think really helps me manage the dark and the cold and not just manage it, but actually appreciate and love it. And I can also see when I was, you know, when I grew up in Sweden, especially in my teenage years, like my last years that I had here before I moved away, I wasn't doing any of the things that I now feel are absolutely necessary to do every day to actually appreciate the season. I was probably doing the opposite of them and that's also why I think I got really depressed and low in the winter time and it's why I had this view of oh I can't deal with the winter it's just so long and terrible you know life really becomes what you make it and I think I didn't really yeah I didn't have the resources then and I wasn't really interested either in, in embracing the winter season so I grew up, of course, you know, being born here and I, I lived here until I was 18 where I when I escaped to the warmer climate. But growing up in a country that has this long of a winter, and when I say a long winter, it really is a long winter in, in that sense of our summers are really short, it feels like the transition from... The transition from spring to summer happens really quickly and then all of a sudden summer's over and then, you know, it gets darker and darker. And basically now, you know, it's December 5th, no, it's December 6th today as I'm recording this. We have about, you know, six or seven hours of actual daylight, but it feels even shorter because it just takes a really long time for the sun to rise and set so the official time for the sunrise right now is about 8 40 in the morning and the sun sets at 2 (laughs) 45 so so it's it's kind of a wild experience going to school at least as a as a child i never reflected on this because i didn't know anything else but now i know it's a little bit strange waking up in the morning and it's pitch black outside, literally pitch black, no hint of a sunrise happening at all, getting on the bus, going all the way to school, entering school and it's still pitch black, right? And I remember like our teachers would light candles in the rooms and it was kind of a cozy time, you know, to to enter school. And oftentimes they would hang in December, you know, these kind of cozy Christmas lights and things like that. But literally, sunrise would happen when you are already in class, right? Like closer to 9 a.m., which is just kind of crazy. And then by the time you're leaving school and you're going home, it's pitch black outside again, right? So literally, if you're spending most of the day inside, if you're not outdoors a ton, which, of course, if you're a teenager, kind of how I was when I went to school those final years before moving away from Sweden, I wasn't making an effort to spend tons of time outside in the day. No. You know, I would go out to smoke cigarettes, (laughs) then go right back inside and get on the bus in the morning and it's dark outside and then get on the bus after school to go home and it's dark outside and it just feels like it's dark all day. And a lot of people, I think, have that experience where you're just craving sunlight and craving daylight and that feeling of just for months on end and weeks on end, that it's just, you know, we don't have, it's like the day is so short, we it's just gone. It really can do something to your mental health. And what I've learned in later years is that it's not just this experience of everything is dark, so it feels gloomy, so you get depressed and sad. But there's actually very important physiological aspects to this that actually accelerates that feeling of sluggishness and sadness and that feeling of being low and what I find just to be the most helpful when it comes to actually managing the dark is first of all embracing it meaning if I walk around all day and I'm complaining about the dark and I'm like talking about how difficult it is that it's dark and oh my god the sun is already setting and that's like a bad thing you know that makes the whole experience just so much more challenging So just appreciating the fact that, hey, it's really special to live in a part of the world where in the wintertime, it's this dark for this much of the day. And in the summertime, it's this bright for this much of the day. It's actually kind of exotic and and rare to get to live this experience. It's really something. And it's because we have that, that's what allows our winters to be this beautiful, That's what allows us to have this amount of snow and to have it be this cold. And for me to marvel at all the magic and the beauty of the season, if we were further down south where we had longer days and more sun, we wouldn't have this, right? So it's like, there's a balance to that as well. We wouldn't have the magic of it if we didn't have the dark. But also just beginning to actually lean into the dark season as something Not just something that you have to kind of make it through, but as something really necessary and important. And I'm thinking about that so much of what is nature actually asking of us this time of year. And when we are trying to kind of power through every season at peak levels of energy and peak levels of output and production, there's something not entirely natural about that. The same way that I really think we have a rhythm to our day to day where certain times of the day we feel more productive, we're more likely to be creative and energized and can get things done. And then other times of the day, it's more natural for us to want to rest, to start to slow down, to get some sleep. You know, there is that natural rhythm to every day. There's also that natural rhythm to the year and to the seasons as well. And I think if we are trying to live this summertime energy in the middle of winter, we are really going to struggle. And if we look at how our ancestors lived, you know, traditionally, the wintertime is not the time where we produce the most. The wintertime is not the time to be out and about and get everything done the way we're trying to do that the same way the season that we do in every other season. Wintertime, you know, traditionally, would be a slower time, a time spent indoors more, a time spent resting, a time where we let the earth rest and a time where it's more natural for us to let ourselves rest too after a really busy growing season, right? Or a really busy hunting season. It's I think in our bones and in our DNA to slow things down in the winter time, to be more introspective, to actually lean into not just the winter outside, but our inner winter season as well. And I think when we're fighting that, instead of slowing down and resting more, and we're fighting that and we want to speed up and we want to, you know, act the way we do every other season, I think we are going to struggle because it's going to feel like this uphill battle. Internally, our inner clocks are telling us something else, right? And by mimicking this perpetual daylight that a lot of us do, I think, without thinking, where we have these bright, bright lights all around us, we're surrounded by electricity at all times, we're kind of, you know, telling our bodies that it's daytime all day, but if we look out, it's actually it's actually not. I think there's something to that as well, like what happens to our, the production of hormones inside of our bodies when we're in this artificial lighting all day, and for many of us all night as well, maybe sitting with a blue screen in front of our face for most of the day and into the night. Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. I'm really, I'm just learning more and more about this now, but Something that feels really natural to me in the wintertime is to keep things darker. And this is something that I do that I really recommend for anyone who just struggles with the darkness overall, to not try to combat that with more artificial lighting, but to actually lean into the darkness and to try to light our homes with natural forms of lighting as much as we can. And for us in our home, it means we have only really, really, really warm lights in the house. And I feel like, especially in the wintertime, this is just, it's like a natural urge of mine. I want to have orange and red hues to everything. And wherever I can, whenever I can, which is all the time and all day and all night, I light the house with candles. I just do. And then it's going to be someone listening, well, what about the fumes that come off of of wax candles and things like that well we have air purifiers in the house for that reason also having a wood stove going lighting fires in the fireplace um, we have our air purifiers to help support us with that as well there's pros and cons to everything right but this is just like i wake up in the morning and i light candles all around the house instead of turning on the bright lights and it's so cozy. It really is. I love the ritual of it in the morning. If Leia wakes up before us, like she's in charge, um, we call her Yusets Fia, which means she gets to be um, the fairy of light. She gets to be the little fairy that goes around the house and lights all the candles. We have practiced lighting a match and practiced lighting candles with her. I think since since she was like three, really early, she's really, really good about it and really safe about it. It's a beautiful ritual to start the day. And I also love like going out, getting firewood and lighting the fire in the fireplace. I love it. It's so special. I mean, anyone who's ever spent some time just having a casual breakfast next to an open fire like that, there's, I again, I think there's something ancestral about sitting and gathering around the fire and it's so fun to watch like Ringo will immediately as soon as the fire is on he goes and lies in front of the fire it's his favorite place to be and Finn now that he's crawling if the fire is on he's just drawn to it if he's sitting in a in a sitter or something anywhere he will turn his whole body to just get closer to the fire he just naturally wants to wants to be by the fire all the time and i think i think it's more natural to our internal clocks and our internal systems to, to have that kind of light surrounding us than to have the really bright blue kind of fluorescent lighting. So whenever possible for you, if it's safe and you know, if you have the ability to, maybe you don't have a, a fireplace at your, in your home, but you do have the ability to light candles and you can get, of course, the healthier versions of candles whenever possible. I light beeswax candles. We love to make our own candles at the house. It's really, really fun and so easy to do to just buy the wicks. You can buy those little beeswax pellets. You just melt them over a double boiler and then you can pour that wax into anything. You can make little candles out of like old thrifted teacups. We make candles at the house in old glass jars, like just old jam jars and stuff, like especially jars that I feel, jars that I have deemed not good enough for Produce and for food, and for like, you know, making my own new jams or making kimchi or sauerkraut and stuff. Like, I save so many glass jars. Oh my God. The ones that I feel like aren't um, in good enough shape to store food. um, We use them and we make our own candles. It's really fun and a really fun thing to do with kids as well. So, yeah, so natural light, fire, candles. I think that's really helpful. But then, probably the most important thing if you are struggling in any way with the darkness is to get outside. And there's so much new research around this, around how important it is that we have an alignment when it comes to our inner circadian rhythm, that it is in alignment with nature and with the sunrise and the sunset that's actually happening outside our doorstep. It's I really recommend diving headfirst into this. I mean, and any biohacker out there, like this is old news, I know. I mean, I had those blue light glasses many many years ago I've had those red light glasses actually I think I bought them maybe two or three years ago where literally if you have to be in front of any kind of blue light before the sun has actually gone up where you live in your local regional area wearing those red light glasses to take away the unnatural blue lighting is really really beneficial to our health and it's such a funny looking thing but I swear to god it makes a difference so what I do in the morning, if the sun hasn't risen yet, which it never has when I wake up, because the sun literally, you know, goes up around nine, I have a red filter on my phone that I turn on, or I have I have that on from the evening already the day before, and I don't turn it off until the sun is up, until it's bright outside. And there's a setting you can do that in your own iPhone. I wanted to, to uh, yeah, maybe I'll share that on social media. It's really easy to do. You can put a red light filter in your settings on your iPhone I don't know what it's like on an Android and stuff but on the iPhone it's really easy so you literally get a red screen and yeah it means some things are a little bit harder to read and if you have anything red coming up on your screen you're not going to see it but for whatever basic stuff I need to do in the morning before the sun is up like it's really yeah it's totally great and fine and I use it all evening too it doesn't bother me at all anymore. So I use that. I don't turn on the big lights. You know, I wait to turn on the big lights until it's brighter outside, until we've kind of entered that blue light era of the day. And light candles and light the fire instead. And if I have to light like an electrical light, I use a really warm hue or even a red light hue in the morning. And then the first most important thing is the moment the sun starts rising is that you get outside. And I do this, now it's too cold for me to do that, but in the fall, I would go to my closet door, the sun rises from the back of our house, and that's where my closet faces, faces these beautiful fields. I share a little snippet of that almost every day on, on Instagram, if you follow me there. And I would open the windows and just spend like five minutes standing in the, in the light and it doesn't matter if the sun is shining or if it's overcast and gray or whatever the weather if it's raining the point is to actually get daylight real daylight especially sunrise daylight and to get that uv through your eyes not you know take if you have if you wear glasses you take the glasses off if you wear lenses don't put them in yet and not behind a window either with nothing filtering or blocking the filter of the daylight And this is actually what tells your internal clock that, oh, the sun is rising and there's a whole set of hormonal releases that happen naturally within the body as the sun rises. And then again, as the sun sets and it's that internal clock telling your body, okay, it's sunrise, it's time to wake up, it's time to get going, you're going to get hungry, all these things kick in and your body starts functioning the way it's supposed to in the day. And then same thing at sunset, you need to be outside. I mean, what I read, it's like 20 minutes. It's like the kind of, you want to have at least 20 minutes of that daylight filtering in through your eyes without a window or anything blocking it. But if you can get five or 10, I mean, that's That's good, too. Some kind of moment spent outside in the sunrise moment and in the sunset moment. Because it's at sunset that that light tells your body, oh, the sun is setting now. Now we're kicking in a whole different set of hormones to release in your body to prepare you for rest, to prepare you for sleep. That happens already at sunset. It's not like, oh, 10 p.m. It's time for me to go to bed. Now all those things happen. But that's a really slow, gradual process that happens from sunset. And if we are Losing that, we're not getting any of that daylight. We're not getting the sunrise or the sunset. Maybe we are looking at that blue light screen all day, or sitting under really bright lights all day and into the night. And then we're watching TV, or we're with our phones in our face, and we have the house super lit. And then all of a sudden, it's 10 p.m. Boom, turn off the lights, or 11 p.m., or whenever you sleep, and then go lie in bed. And it's like you didn't give your body that time to actually understand that nighttime is coming. So yeah, we're not going to get quality sleep and quality rest. We might have a harder time falling asleep. And there's so many things that happen in the body when we're sleeping, everything from the function of our liver to our kidneys and our digestion and so many things that need to happen in a specific way that gets thrown off if our circadian rhythm is thrown off. So I really, anyone who's interested in this, I just, I think this is so interesting And it makes so much sense. It really, really does. I don't think, you know, the way we're kind of boxed into these houses, of course, you know, for for comfort, for, you know, this this is the world we live in, but where we are completely at all times protected from the cold. We never get cold anymore. We don't have to worry about when the sun rises or sets. We don't have to we can pretend like nature isn't there, right? We become really, really, really disconnected from all of these super important, crucial, natural processes that connects us to nature, that connects us to the earth. And I think a lot of healing is found in aligning back with the changing of the seasons, aligning back with the rhythm of the day. And some of those things are a little bit challenging, but many of them just really aren't. So something that I've stopped doing almost entirely is I, I don't wear sunglasses anymore unless I'm in a place and it's just really killing me and really bothering me. Like if I'm driving a car and there's a glare and it's like, okay, it's you know hard for me to drive. When I was in the Maldives, if I was in direct sunlight and it's like getting from here to there, I might use my sunglasses. But overall, I've stopped wearing sunglasses because with sunglasses, you don't get that really important UV through the eyes that you really need and learning about this has just really blown my mind wide open. So yeah, that's something that's really helpful, I think, in the winter time. And then something that we shouldn't just forget is that the more time we spend outside in the day, the better we're going to feel. And that's really important and not just, you know, it's not like we need bright sunlight with the sun shining in our face all day. But when it's overcast, when it's gray, when it feels dark in the middle of the day, but it's still daytime, the more time we spend outside, the better. We need the fresh air. We need that connection with the elements. We need that exposure to cold. We really do. And I find... Of course, now that it's, we have a lot of snow, there's so many fun things we can do outside. So taking advantage of that, we're having snowball fights and building a snowman and going tobogganing. And now the lake just froze. So we can soon, I think it's going to be safe for us to go ice skating. And Dennis is already planning his (laughs) ski trip. He wants to take Leia snowboarding this weekend. And just trying to be active outside, I think is really helpful. But even if the weather isn't that snowy and doesn't allow for those snow experiences, taking a walk every day, that simple. You know, what is something that you can trade to just put your clothes on, dress for the weather? I don't know, it's a very Swedish thing to know how to dress, to know what to do in the cold. I feel like people who, like Dennis, its I feel like it's taken him like two years to figure out what to wear, <laughs> and to get that intuition like okay it's this cold now so i'm going to put on another layer i'm going to add this instead of that it takes a little bit of figuring out but i think it's really a cultural thing to choose to go outside no matter how cold it is that just you have that lifestyle of being outside as much as possible so if you're one of those people like oh i don't like to go outside in the cold well you're not dressing enough well enough like you're not you're not putting up and en- you're not putting on enough layers like you need to layer up maybe get a better set of gloves like you know get a better pair of boots like do what buy what you got to buy invest in what you need to invest in so that you can actually spend extended periods of time outside without freezing of course it's not going to be fun outside if you're freezing cold it just means you need to you need to dress a little better for the for the for the winter for the weather So yeah, spending time outside. And for me, walking the dog, um, which unfortunately the the walks we take with Ringo are shorter than I would like them to be because he's really miserable outside, even with his sweater and jacket and boots. But walking the baby in the stroller every day, I take the cover of the stroller down so that he gets that daylight in his face. I, uh, I think it's really helpful for him as well. And yes, as we speak, the reason I can sit here recording this podcast in the middle of the day on a Wednesday is that Finn is sleeping in the stroller outside. <laughs> and this is, uh, we've had a lot of big conversations about this on my Instagram this week. I've had plenty of people get really upset in my DMs like, how, why are you inside in a warm house and your baby's outside in the freezing cold? <laughs> And I understand that if you didn't grow up in this culture, if you didn't, you know, if this is not normalized to you, if you grew up in a culture that tells you to avoid the cold at all times and to not be outside if the weather isn't great and, you know, where it's really normalized to, to spend most of the day indoors, then yes, that might, that might sound strange. It might even sound like that's dangerous or that's harmful or that's bad. Whereas here, it's absolutely the opposite. Where the more time your baby and your children have spending, yeah, breathing fresh air, the healthier they're going to be, the better they're going to feel. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We have most of our preschools here have designated areas for outdoor sleep. And this is something that I just learned now because I haven't had a child in preschool or in like daycare. We moved here, Leia was already older than that. But so many of the daycare centers here have designated outdoor areas, not just to put the strollers and the prams outside, you know, to have the baby sleep outside, because that is like the most normal thing ever. Every daycare center, every school, like you'll see preschool, you'll see strollers outside in their areas where the babies sleep, but where the schools, the preschools and the daycare centers actually have like little patios and little outside areas where the kids go out to sleep in sleeping bags. And that's just that's just the point. The point is to have the kids sleep outside as much as possible. And it's so normal. And they say it's really good for their immune system. And of course, the kids take take, take naps every day instead of napping inside where they're all breathing the same indoor air, recycling that air. You breathe outside. You're, you're sleeping outside and you get to breathe that cold, crisp winter air. And so many teachers wrote me like there's no better season for sleep at preschool and at the daycare centers than wintertime. Like they love wintertime because the kids sleep so well and so deep and for much longer than they do when it's warm out. And I can totally vouch for that. I am in a place right now where I'm not sleeping at night at all. I don't know what's going on with Finn. We're just struggling at night like crazy But the daytime naps are amazing and they're all in the stroller in the cold. (laughs) I don't know if I need to make the bedroom into like a freezer winter landscape, maybe I'll sleep better. But yeah, he's in the stroller right now and it's really, really cold outside. And my favorite thing is like when he wakes up, like he wakes up usually all happy out there. Like imagine being just bundled up completely, you're in like a sleeping bag and you're in stroller and you're under like a tree that's just shimmering and glittering and it's really cold and and then you wake up and like there's your mom picking you up I mean it's like the coziest thing ever to get to sleep out there and the naps are so good like he's an hour and a half into this one and uh, usually yeah the stroller nap like he has one or two a day outside and they're between an hour and a half to two and a half hours and the indoor naps are never ever ever that long yeah, I wish. And I actually, I don't know what's going on with the nighttime now, if he's teething or what's going on. He's stuffy, so he has a hard time breathing through his nose. I think that could be a little part of it as well. Or maybe it's just this developmental age. I'm not going to drive myself crazy wondering why we're not getting good nighttime sleep, but I'm just going to appreciate the fact that daytime naps are good. I get to sit here talking to you while he sleeps and... Um, I don't have anywhere I have to be in the day so I can be semi-destroyed and sleep-deprived. And like, it's okay. It's hard and it's okay. There are worse things in the world. But anyway, yes. So he's sleeping outside right now. And I really loved hearing from different people, like people who think that that's totally crazy. And someone even told me that there was, a, I think, a Danish woman who actually went to jail for putting her kid sleeping outside a restaurant in the 90s, somewhere in the U.S., Uh, where she went into a restaurant and like this is really still I mean today I think it was more common way back when Um, back in the day it was absolutely like the most normal thing ever you would go to the grocery store in the wintertime or whenever and you leave your kid in the stroller sleeping outside and then you do your groceries you come out you grab your kid and you go home same with restaurants like I would leave Finn sleeping in the street if we were sitting by the window where he was no problem like that would not worry me in any way, I wouldn't leave him like outside a restaurant if I couldn't see him. But I think back in the day, like when I was little, that was really, really normal. It was also probably a safer society in general than what we have now. Also, thinking like when I was just a difference in a, I don't know, the, the 20, 30 year span, when I was almost Leia's age, just like two years older than Leia, I would go on the subway all through Stockholm all the way t- through different suburbs and like really go far on the subway to go practice um, track and field and uh, like four times a week I did that when I was like nine years old <laughs> and also at night also when it was dark like it was just this totally normal thing that I did and now like no one would let their kid ride the subway from beginning to end as not at a you know at At nine years old, like there's, there's no way, no anyone would do that. So things have really changed. But yeah, I would definitely, I would go to a restaurant or a cafe, and let Finn sleep in the stroller if I could see him, no problem. But I guess in the U.S., um, also just the, the, I don't, this is like a dark topic to even touch on, but the amount of kidnappings and missing children and things like that's not really a thing in Sweden. It's not something that you hear hear about. Of course, we have missing people too. But at the level of, of of how that happens in the U.S. Is, and also the fear around having someone take your child. It's just, it's not really, I don't know. I've never felt that fear here anyway. Um, it's just a different thing. But anyway, it was interesting to hear from so many people. Like, how could you do that? And he's like, isn't that like child abuse? Isn't he getting hypothermia? Um, to people in a lot of the Northern European countries. Like, wait, is this a thing? Like people, people people don't understand that like it's like the most natural thing ever it's the best thing ever it's been a fun conversation so yeah so getting that outdoor time making sure that you have that sunlight on your actual face and then I think having some exposure to the cold and if you follow me on social you see that I do a daily cold plunge every day it's it's like one of my I don't know I mean, I, I feel like I talk about my relationship with the lake on this podcast a lot. When I was pregnant, it was the one thing that kept me afloat, literally, was like my, I would waddle down to the lake and just lie in the lake <laughs> every day. I love, I love, I love, I love the lake. I feel like Brick anchor man. I love Lamp. I love Lake. Okay. <laughs> I really love, I love the lake. I love the lake so much. And I feel like the colder the lake gets, the more amazing she gets. Every day at some point, I put on my sweatpants and my big sweater. The key to like a really good cold plunge, if you want to be efficient because you have a sleeping baby or you need to get back up or something, is to wear really baggy clothing because it's impossible to put yoga pants or tight clothes back on after a cold plunge. So just I put on my baggy clothing, put on my big boots, walk down to the lake, break the ice, with the back of a broom handle. Every day I have to re-break the ice because every day it freezes again. And uh, then I get naked, put my robe on, walk down through the snow and climb down the ladder and plunge. (laughs) And it's the best thing ever. It's literally the best thing ever. I'm craving it right now. I have not plunged today. I'm sitting here looking out at this beautiful light outside. Like, oh, soon I'm going to be down by the lake. I'm going to wait till Dennis gets back from work. But it's so amazing. There's something about that exposure to cold. And that's also a cultural thing. In Sweden, we all have saunas. There's a sauna. Every house has a sauna. Every, I mean, even apartment buildings oftentimes have saunas. Like sauna culture is is very normal here. It's not a luxurious thing at all. Like it's like people have saunas. (laughs) It's very normal. And going in the sauna and then going out in the snow and rolling in the snow, like that's just something we do if you are blessed enough to be by a body of water, like going in the sauna and then taking a dip and then going back in the sauna and then doing that, you know, up and down, like, okay, that's how I grew up. That's just that. Yeah. And of course, now, like, it's very hyped and trendy. And, you know, you have the Iceman, the, the Wim Hof doing his breathing and retreats and stuff, you know, like the exposure to cold, like there's Tons of studies that show how great that is for our immune system and how good that is it builds resilience in the body. And cold exposure is really good for us. We know that. And for me, that cold plunge—it just—it resets my whole brain, my whole life. <laughs> the feeling during, the feeling after. I—I uh, I don't even have that feeling of like, oh, I have to gather courage, I have to gather strength to go dip in the ice or in the or in the in the cold. I don't have that at all. It's just like, (laughs) I feel the same about it as I do on a warm summer day (laughs) going in the lake. It's just, the lake is the lake. It's healing. It's some, I don't know if it's connecting me to something really old and ancient. It feels like that somehow. And I don't dip for that long. Not last year because I was pregnant. So I barely dipped. I did like really short dips, just in and out kind of thing with a baby in my womb. But the year before when we had just moved to sweden we did these cold plunges where we were like really into timing them okay how long how long can we actually chill like how how deeply can i enter the state of cold meditation like how deep can i breathe and just stay and stay and stay and stay and i can stay 10 12 minutes no problem actually and this might be a genetic thing i don't know i am sure i have viking ancestry (laughs) somewhere there i did the 23 and me thing and i'm like 99.7 percent swedish like i'm there's nothing exciting happening in my (laughs) ancestry other than just swedish like you know down the down the line or from this nordic part of the world and uh, so i'm sure there's something genetic about being able to expose yourself to cold my dear husband who is you know from from the caribbean uh not as easy for him at all he would like need to take a breath and like get courageous to dip in Aruba. Literally, I'm not even exaggerating. Like he, we would have to drag him into the sea in Aruba. So for him, he didn't swim one time all summer. We live on a lake and the man did not swim. He entered the water one time to cut the reeds so that it would be easier for me to swim <laughs> with my pregnant belly every day. But that was like a, a chore that he did, right? He put on his like boots and like went in the water to cut the reeds he did not leisurely dip or swim one single time and we had the hottest summer so hot the man just does not dip yeah I don't know I guess if you've grown up with like crystal clear turquoise incredible amazing water and then here we have this like lake it's a little murky you know it's like (laughs) we don't have like a white sandy beach here you know no turtles to watch it's just like it's a lake it's different yeah the man is not into it But anyway, so exposing ourselves to the cold, I so recommend it. Whether you just turn your shower to the coldest setting for a minute or two at the end of your shower, that's also a really invigorating way to start the day, Um, or go outside naked and roll in the snow. Literally, like that is just, that's the best. I love it so much. If you can go for a plunge, if you have water somewhere close to you, or if there's a place you can go to do that, do it. Do it. Do it, do it, do it. Like there's magic on the other side of that discomfort. I so promise you. And there's something about that that just, it makes me appreciate the winter so much. The cold water, it makes me, yeah, I miss it in the summertime. In the summertime, I can't, obviously can't cold plunge. Like I really miss it. You don't have that same feeling at all. Um, so that's something that I recommend as well. And then something that I really would do, I mean, if, if you're one of those people that like, I don't know if I love winter, this is a hard thing. Try to take at least one of the self-care practices that you have for yourself, one of the spiritual practices or things that you do and transition it outside Um, and just give it a try. Uh, And I'm talking, yes, like your meditation practice, you know, dress for the weather, bring something to sit on. I actually don't know the word, like something insulating to sit on, like a sit sit underlog we say in Swedish. Like we have those little like, they're not styrofoam, but they're like spongy. (laughs) There is a word for this. I'm just blanking on it. That you sit on so that your butt doesn't get cold. Okay, my love, that's my point. Um, Dress for the weather, bring something to sit on, go outside and take your meditation practice to nature. You might not sit for a 20-minute meditation practice if it's one degree Fahrenheit or minus 18 Celsius. Like that might be a lot. But you can spend five minutes leaning up against the trunk of a tree, eyes closed. Breathing in that crisp air, focusing on your breath, listening to the sounds of nature. Nature sounds differently in the wintertime. Like everything is different. Everything is more quiet. It's it's really something to just go outside and listen. I love taking my tea practice outside. It takes more time to set up, so I do it less now with the baby. But doing my tea ritual outside, like really connecting with that warm, nourishing tea When it's cold out, it's so special. You can take your yoga practice outside. Um, If you're a runner, instead of running on a treadmill at the gym, get into the habit of running outside in the wintertime. Like get the gear that you need, get the shoes that you need. Do the thing that keeps you sane outdoors, even as it gets colder. I think that's just a really good way of looking at life. Like when we transition through the seasons, instead of, okay, well now everything has to move indoors. It's like it doesn't actually have to move indoors. So much of this you can really do outside. So much of this you can really take into nature, and it's going to help you appreciate all the special, special, special things about this time of year. And something that I also really want to share is, you can forage in the winter time. And I know it's it makes less sense. Like we think we oh we we need you know springtime and summertime and the fall. Like that's when it's natural to go out for, foraging for. Um, for herbs and plants and berries and roots and mushrooms and all the magical things. But you can forage in the wintertime and actually it's kind of epic. Do a little bit of research like around what can you actually find out in nature? What can you go wild foraging for at this time of year where you live? You're going to find tons of amazing things. Some examples of things that you can forage right now. You can still find so many of the berries like rose hips and juniper and cranberries. A lot of berries actually become healthier and better for you after it's frozen. So rose hips is a good example of that. Like after the first frost, they have way more vitamin C in them. They just get supercharged after it freezes than they do before the frost. So so many of the berries you can still find outside like sea buckthorn berries too they're even more amazing and they're easier to harvest actually after they're frozen they're really hard to pick when before the before the frost. You can find amazing great mushrooms in the winter season like chaga mushrooms up on the birch trees Um, This is the season to go looking for them. Turkey tails, so you can really easily find now, depending on where you are, of course. You can collect acorns and chestnuts, and you might even find like crab apples or frozen apples to make cider or applesauce. There's magic outside. And something that I'm doing today, like a little practice I really want to share with you that I so love doing is to make a wreath in the wintertime. Wreaths. We spend so much money on them. I mean, I don't know if you have a farmer's market or maybe you go to like a big store and you buy your winter wreaths to put on your door. Like Jülkrans, we say in in Swedish. They are so easy to make and it's so much fun. It really, really, really is so much fun. And I had this idea this year. I don't know if it's crazy, but we went to a a Christmas buffet, like a Christmas table. It's like a thing we do um, in December. Just it's like basically a ginormous Christmas buffet. Where you go and you eat and eat. <laughs> but they had a wreath hanging from the ceiling at this place. So it wasn't like hanging on a door vertically, but it was hanging horizontally. So you could look up through the hole from the roof. And it was just like instead of a lamp, instead of like something hanging. Yeah, it was so pretty. And I had this idea like, what if I would make a giant one? And then I remembered Leia has an old hula hoop in the barn that she doesn't use. Maybe I can use the hula hoop as a base and make a giant wreath for the living room. I don't know. How fun would that be? You can also make your own base um, with twigs or like, you know, grapevine or whatever you have. You can also buy them at like craft stores really easily like the base if you want to. Yeah, it's so easy. Just just buy one if you want. But all you need is like a little bit of that, like any kind of twine or any kind of like floral what do you call it, like that kind of steel wiring, like any kind of wire that you can just... I find like with the spruce and the pine, if you want to use conifer trees, you need a little bit of a thicker uh, wire, especially if you're going to make a hula hoop sized one. And then you just go out and you forage for magical things. And make your own wreath to hang on the front door or to hang inside. It's so easy and so fun and so fun to do with your kids too. So getting creative and you can, Pinterest is a great way to go, I think, to find like fun DIY projects that bring you outdoors to forage things that you can bring inside for craft making. And even making like little lanterns and things in the snow. There's infinite magical things that you can do that you can only do right now. And I think leaning into the winter season by looking at it as like, oh, okay, there's so much potential and opportunity in a different way right now compared to in the summertime. Yes, it's darker. Yes, the days are shorter, but it's colder and it's also more magical than normal. Like we get to experience life like this. And we get to take that cue from nature to actually tune inward, to actually regenerate, to restore, to rest, to gather our energy This is a different time energetically. And I think we could all do so well by trying to align with that a little bit more, by listening a little bit closer to what nature actually is telling us. So, um, I don't know. I really hope this podcast episode has inspired you to get outdoors, maybe to reframe how you look at the winter season, to get active and excited about this time of year and to just, you know, take really good care of yourself. All December, January, February, March, it, it keeps going. In Sweden, at least, like winter is not over by March. We, it was snowing in April. So I'm I'm glad I've arrived at this place of embracing and loving winter because um, it's long over here. I uh, have a feeling, you know, that mom feeling when you kind of think your baby's going to wake up soon and then they do. <laughs> the feeling that I have right now. So I'm going to go check on my little one in the stroller outside. Um, Thank you so much for listening and for being here. I hope you have a wonderful, beautiful rest of this winter day. I'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of From the Heart with Rachel Brayton. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio, and I'll see you next week.